Hello, and welcome to the Vice Podcast. I'm Senator Reed Miller, and with me today is Senator Marion Webb and our UK-based reporter, Barnaby Pickering. So, Barnaby, this week you wrote about Glucomodicum, a Finnish startup looking at creating a way of measuring blood glucose levels without using needles. Can you tell us more about that? Sure. So, Glucomodicum is a spin-off from Helsinki University, founded in 2018. It was established when one of its founders, Joka Maki, realized that globally, hundreds of millions of pre-diabetics and type 2 diabetics do not receive proper treatment. Pre-diabetics rarely, if ever, record glucose levels, and many type 2 diabetics don't either. He explained that this could lead to an acceleration in what he described as the diabetes pathway, as when pre-diabetics don't manage their glucose levels, they become fully diabetic. And when type 2 diabetics don't manage their condition, it gets much worse. As a result, he wanted to create a convenient, painless device for measuring blood glucose. Interest has already been high, with Glucomodicum raising over $7.5 million from private investors and Business Finland, which is a government tech accelerator. Okay, so don't devices like this already exist? We have Dexcom's G6 and Abbott's Freestyle Libra, and they both call themselves needleless. Right. So, Yoka explained that these devices aren't actually needleless. They use microneedles to pierce the outer layer of the skin to measure glucose levels within the interstitial fluid below, and still sometimes cause pain and discomfort. Glucomodicum's device, which looks a bit like a smartwatch, is truly needleless. Okay, so how does it work then? So, the device relies on the physical phenomenon of magnetohydrodynamics. Interstitial fluid carries ions and thus is slightly conductive. Glucomodicum's device transduces a tiny current below what can be felt into the skin. This in turn forms a magnetic field, and therefore the interstitial fluid then experiences a force due to this electromagnetic effect. This force then draws it out of the skin where it is absorbed onto a sensor. By relating the concentration of glucose in interstitial fluid to what it would be in the blood, a blood glucose concentration can be inferred. Yoko was keen to point out that it's not as precise as current methods, uh, and the device is instead intended to serve as an in-between for pre-diabetics and type 2 diabetics who do not currently measure their glucose levels. If Glucomodicum's device improves to match the accuracy of the G6 and Libra devices, it would be highly disruptive to the market, as both Abbott and Dexcom rely on continuous disposable revenues. Well, thanks for that, Barnaby. Okay, so Marion, this week you published your first in-depth market intelligence story as part of a series you're going to do on the future of surgery. So what can you tell us about part one? Yes, Reed. So while the pandemic has transformed so many aspects of healthcare and the healthcare industry overall, as we've seen with the lockdown during the pandemic, you know, many hospitals put non-elective surgeries on hold to make room for COVID patients and to avoid the risk of spreading the virus and to save PPE and so forth. So during the height of the pandemic and still today, that also meant that expert surgeons who used to travel often to other continents or countries to teach other surgeons key procedures or medical device specialists who often guide surgeons during surgeries on how to implant a device, and this is just an example, or, a new, or teach them a new technique, they were all of a sudden no longer able to be physically in the OR. While there are companies that have developed remote technologies that allow for virtual collaborations during life surgeries, 
And several of these companies have seen demand for the technologies literally skyrocket since the pandemic started. So in my story, I've highlighted three companies to learn more about their technologies and how they've been impacted by the pandemic. All right. Well, that's very interesting. So what can you tell us about the companies you've covered? So the three companies are Avail Med Systems, Proximy, and Explorer Surgical. And they are all startups that have been able to raise capital from investors to further develop their technologies. They're all obviously different. Avail developed an integrated system that's comprised of a portable console that's placed in the operating suite, a portal that enables the network connectivity, and an app that allows the remote expert to join the surgery live. Picture a medical device representative sitting in his or her car and then literally dialing in from a touchpad or a laptop or using a desktop to join the actual procedure. And that representative is also able to control the consoles, cameras, and surgical imaging views and to help guide the surgery. Okay, well, that's pretty remarkable. So how does Proxime and Explorer Surgical's technology work? Both of these companies developed software to make that remote collaboration happen. So Proximy told me that they saw a 430% growth in users in the first quarter of 2021 alone. And I spoke to an expert robotic surgeon, Dr. James Porter, who is also the medical director for robotic surgery at the Swedish Medical Center in Seattle, Washington. And he told me that the first time he used Proximy's technology was from his home in Seattle to guide a surgeon thousands of miles away in the UK through a very complex procedure. Procedure. Initially, the idea was for the two surgeons to meet and operate live in the operating room, but because of COVID, um, there were travel restrictions and they just uh, collaborated remotely. The surgery was ultimately a success, and Dr. Porter now uses Proxime to teach other surgeons at his institution, the Swedish Medical Center in Seattle, how to do robotic surgery. And he also believes that remote proctoring will continue to play an important role beyond the pandemic. The third company, Chicago-based Explorer Surgical, they also market a software platform for case support during surgery, and they market their platform exclusively to medtech companies. The CEO, Jennifer Fried, also told me that she sees herself as part of a fundamental change of how medtech companies do things in the future, but she stressed that the technology is not to design to replace the medtech representative, but rather to enhance their capabilities. Okay, well, that's very interesting. And so for the second part of this series, you're going to be taking a look at tech companies that are developing augmented reality, virtual reality, and other technologies that will be part of the OR in the future. So we'll look forward to that very soon. Okay, so you can read Barnaby's profile of Glucomodicon and Marion's new market intel report right now and on medtechinsight.com. So right now we also have a series of infographic stories reporting the first quarter sales and earnings for the major public med tech companies, and we'll be continuing to do that as more companies report their sales and earnings. Um, we have a lot of news coming from Europe right now related to the implementation of new medical device regulations there, and a lot of FDA recall news. You can follow us on Twitter at medtech underscore insight. I'm at medtech read with two E's. Marion is at medtech Marion, M-A-R-I-O-N, and Barnaby is at medtech Barnaby. Thanks, Marion.